You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. I have been recommending this book to Anna for like so long. For so long, like probably a couple of years now. And then when you messaged me back, I was like, Anna, you have to read this series because like it's our time like it's like we finally get to talk to this amazing author and she was like okay sounds good and like I I wish I could show I sent you the text messages where I was like um Anna loved this series it was so great thank you thank you I mean yeah it's music to an author's ears to know that people love their books um so yeah thank you very much um oh it was amazing it's usually like a historical fiction things like that usually aren't my genre but I got sucked in immediately. After like 50 pages, I was like, I need to know more. (laughs) She was texting me so many questions and like throughout the whole thing. Like today's one, like, actually I can't. We figured we would have a spoiler section and we'd have a non-spoiler section. So that way you could just like explain to us what like, or that way we could keep it like, so that way if someone was trying to get to know you and kind of get what's it going through, they could feel comfortable. And then we're going to have a whole part where we're just like, okay, girl, we want to spill the tea. Um, like, <laughs> yes. like, tell us everything. So we figured we would do that. But um, honestly, we're just so excited. Like, I can't believe you responded back to me. I was like, fan, I literally texted him. I was like, out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. But um, I'd love to, like, just to get to know you a little bit more, do you mind, like, just kind of for people that just don't know you and haven't been able to read your books yet, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and just your writing journey? Sure, sure. Look, you know, I've been writing for quite a while now, um, and I did a Bachelor of Arts in uh, professional writing when I was way back, way back, and um, enjoyed every minute of it. It was fantastic. The university experience was fantastic. Um, and I was kind of writing fiction and nonfiction while I was doing that course and I got my first publication um, you know just a short kind of piece and all that kind of stuff while I was at university and sorry which book was it uh well it wasn't a book it was a series like talk about kind of on point on brand it was an (laughs) article about trying out afternoon teas (laughs) oh my gosh I love that That's so just funny. an episode about this where I was like, wait, you're not supposed to like microwave the water for teas. And I like, I posted about that. <laughs> I just got burned. So everyone's like, no, you need a kettle. I was like, I boil water. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I was like, not me. Don't add, don't add me to that. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like you just definitely got to tell us what, what do you, what do you usually have in your tea? Um, I like chai tea. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so um, and that might I might get burned for this, but I do like it just with milk. Um, mm-hmm. so very milky. Um, some people have a black, um, black chai tea. Uh, but you know, it's it's it's. I'm not actually a a tea tea drinker. I'm more of a hardcore coffee drinker. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the actual. Yeah, if you looked in my veins, it would be kind of a sludgy coffee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, you know, and and I um, I was trained to be a, a literary short story writer oh I love that you know, that's, that was my university um, upbringing and 
I got a chance to write a science fiction young adult story for an anthology. And one of my one of my kind of things is go for, you know, if an opportunity presents itself, go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote this story and never had never having written a science fiction YA short story before. And it got chosen for the anthology, uh, which is called The Pattern Maker. I think that's probably out of print by now because it was a long time ago. But um, it was um, it was called One Last Zoom at the Buzz Bar. And that was the origin story for my first novel, which is Singing the Dog Star Blues. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, and out of that opportunity, uh, the publisher of the anthology said, we really like this character. Can you write a novel about her? Um, and I said, of course. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. And in the end, that publisher didn't take the book oh. because it was too old for their list. So it was, it's mm. very definitely at the top end of YA. Mm. Um, and eventually it got picked up by HarperCollins in Australia. And, and then it got picked up by Penguin in the States. So that was the beginning of my journey. That's amazing. That's awesome, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that you like got to just kind of like take off running when it comes to writing and stuff like that because it's just a, like I've just really enjoyed all of your books and stuff like that. And what's really cool is like our followers too. Like when I posted that we were we were gonna be interviewing you and stuff, like mm -hmm. so many people were so excited because they love your books. And so I'm glad that you like got to just like run and go do it. Like you know what I mean? Like yes. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to also say that when the uh, when the publisher who initially said we love the, the Joss Aronson character in in the singing the Dogstar Blues book, when yeah. they said no, this book is too old for us, there was a sinking to the ground, crying my eyes out, uh, you know, moment of of horrific despair. Yeah. Um, and and that's part of the journey as well. I mean, you have the the good times and you have the the very 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 bad times and and um and, you know that's it's it's pretty much you know I always say when I teach creative writing because I, I teach creative writing too um to say that you know there will be those bad times so feel it you know and and you know mm -hmm. it, it, it's part of that journey but then get up and send that piece out again because you know it's no use trying to bottle it up because it is it's you know you, you pour many years or months or whatever it is you how long it takes to write something um and then it, it kind of it kind of gets well no this is not for us um, and, and that, and that hurts. Um, but you know, the, the job and the work and the, the whole career is about, okay, that's not in the right place at the moment. Do I look at it and see if there's anything that I need to change or do I just send it out again? Because I, you know, this is where I want it to be. So yeah. It, that decision that like you like to stay true to your story and not to change something when you feel like that like how do you kind of decipher between that and gain that courage and stuff I'd love to hear your experiences and stuff yeah yeah it is very it is very difficult when you're a new writer to have that that rock solid faith in the story um I think that it comes with with practice and um knowing that you know you're you're strong in certain areas in in writing um, and if someone, you know, if, a, if an editor or a publisher says, well, I think that this story needs some work here and, and you're aware that, you know, that this is not your most strongest area, then yes, definitely look at it, you know, um, and take on board. It's also about who is giving you the feedback. If it's someone that you respect or has a lot of experience in that area, then yes, it's always worth looking at. 
Um, you know, it's uh, some, you know, I mean, unfortunately, there are people out there who also critique to hurt, um, maybe not, maybe not consciously, but you know, that can happen as well. So when you do, um, you know, if you do have critique uh, groups, which I always recommend, because being able to get some kind of feedback is great. Um, but you know, you always have to look at who's giving the critique. So is that person aware of the conventions of your genre you know um are they um sympathetic to the kind of book that you're trying to do or are they antagonistic um you know these you know, people are people you know <laughs> and uh, so you've got to just going to make that judgment of whose whose input is going to settle and be used and it is, it's about i i say this it sounds like i'm kind of like a, a robot <laughs> yeah you are you are collecting data um, but you know, you are, you are collecting data about your work and it's up to you to say, okay, that one's coming from a place of excellent knowledge about structure. Uh, and, and that person doesn't know science fiction. They're coming from a, a, a naive place, which can be useful because, yeah. you know, if you, um, if you have someone who says, I don't get, I don't get why that, you know, that dragon is, you know, talking, um, you know, then you know that someone who's not um, uh, sort of comfortable with that genre will have a problem with something. So yeah, it's all data collection, mm -hmm. and and it's about um, I suppose it's about you know putting aside the ego and using it. But yeah. that's the hard thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> in your soul, it's something that sits inside of you and is trying to come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's practice too. It's about, I don't think it's ever perfected. Um, I mean, if you are really creating something that you love, then yeah. you are going to have an emotional attachment to it. And it's the, the, the kind of the trick is not to get wiped away by critiques. It's about saying, okay, I, that, that, that hurts. <laughs> I thought that was working and that hurts. Um, but if, if after a few days of hardcore chocolate eating or um <laughs> or you know a week however long it takes to actually get that settled in if it makes sense if it's kind of going eh, 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 with a little scratch upon your kind of your your creative sense and saying yeah that might have some some sense for me then it's time to go back and look at it oh my gosh you're not worthy. We are not worthy. This is amazing. I want to like have you back on just to like do an episode about this. Cause I think I there are so many people that aspire to write books. There are some people that are just amazed by like the craft and the art and the majesty that it is. Like, I want to talk about dark days, but I'm also like sitting here like, oh my gosh, Allison, thank you. Like I'm like moved to tears. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about this with you. Yeah, if you ever you want, just let me know because I love talking about craft, as you can tell. <laughs> like, yes, this is like something that like we are just so honored for. So we can take our time with it, and then like if we do end up switching into Dark Days Pact and stuff, and Dark Days Club. Sorry, we've been reading all of the Dark Days books, and so um, I would love to just have you come back. We'd love to have you come back on and just like I think there we can have um, our listeners like submit questions for you, and we can send them to you ahead of time. So that way you can kind of like prepare and then we like I just I love hearing the passion in your voice it's just so beautiful Anna why don't you ask or I'm so sorry I'm sitting here like I'm in love with you Allison 
Oh, you're fine. I just have questions about like the Dark Days Club because I'm I like just absorbed it all, and I it's just in my head, and I'm just in love with it. Like, she can't prepare. She has like a list of giant, like so many questions. Oh, yeah, I do. She texted me like three hours ago. She's like, I just read 500 pages today, and I have so much to process. Like, I'm gonna process <laughs> with Alice. <laughs> but um, oh my gosh, I'm literally so amazed. So let's like I want to table this because I think that what you're saying is like literally so amazing and literally like okay we're bringing her back and I'm gonna we're gonna have so many questions oh, yeah. but for dark days um something that I just was really impressed with you is that you were able to magnificently and I, I will literally grab the book because I was reading through your uh, your author's notes where you oh, pulled, I pulled up, up your Instagram or your Pinterest <laughs> yes you yeah. not only had historical accuracy of people that were actually there physically in place. So it was like so accurate. You also had like this supernatural like fantasy part to it. And you just like somehow they like oh, worked them so well. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, like I have just let's let Anna take it away, girl. Take it away. I'm gonna grab the book. I'll be right back. Anna, keep asking. Oh, um, that's our question. I, you just combined these worlds so well that there was never a point that like I was asking myself, was, was this possible? Could this have really happened? Like I never doubted the whole time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I think it's um, because it's a, uh, um, a, a specific um, period in history, I wanted to create my supernatural element mm -hmm. from something that was very much part of that society. And I think that helps the blend because when I think about um, the big the big bad in um, in the Dark Days Club, um, what I did was I thought, well, what's that society doing at the moment? And what that was in the the Regency, which you know I'm totally obsessed by. So as you may have noticed, oh yeah, um, yeah, um, so am I. Yes, girl. yes, <laughs> um, but that was um, this this odd little uh, you know little period in history where a very rowdy, rambunctious, bawdy Georgian era suddenly became and morphed into a, an era that was with um, an emphasis on civility, right? Mm -hmm. But of course, all those people who were coming through had this, this rambunctious, rowdy uh, sort of um, world in them, but they had veneered on top this civility. And of course, this is like the the um, metaphor for humanity always, you know, there is this veneer of civility and underneath is this seething, yearning desire. Um, and that's how I built my uh, big bad, my, my supernatural element, because they are manifestations of that yearning and desire and, and the, the impulses, not necessarily always bad impulses, mm -hmm. but the impulses of of humanity um, and I think that's why they they kind of meld into that society because they are really part of that society it, it, although of course they're, they're not but um, you know they're, they're the big bad but be because they are built from that foundation they yeah. seem to be a very it, it seems to be a very kind of um, seamless well you know um, hopefully seamless um, yeah. mm. like kind of way that you call, like you had them calling it alchemy not magic because they're yeah. like, oh, magic never. We would never mess with magic. But alchemy, like, in some cases, it's okay. Like, that was just so 
Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I had to think about how would my 19, my early 19th century characters, people, think about these things with an overlay of the fact that they it was a very, um, well, outwardly religious society um, and uh, that was a, the Church of England was that the country's religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were, they were seeing it through the prism of, of what of what they had learned through that and um, through that um, that prism, and and so they would be using language that was acceptable because to say something was magic, no, you know yeah. that wouldn't have been acceptable. But to say, oh, this is an alchemical kind of thing, yeah, that it lends it's it kind of has a credence to it, um, and you know it, it it's it's that kind of. Um, imagining what your characters, what are the big things in your characters' lives that are going to influence the way that they think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, really quick, if you're listening to this and you're like, what is this book about? We literally spent an hour and a half recapping the first book. Yes. Like, <laughs> so previous. So if you want to know what the series is about, go listen to that. We like obsess over it. We read the whole thing. We just want to cut to the good stuff. But like, let's talk about Helen for a second. Lady Helen? One of the things that just was so amazing about her character is that she remained likable even in the beginning, which I think is very hard for a character when they're trying to go through, um, you know, every character has to have an internal and external conflict, you know, and like, obviously she had some very intensive external conflicts, but she has a lot of internal conflicts too. Um, And I just thought they were really incredible. First off, the symbolism of how each male character like represented like the oppression of society from like her brother to her uncle. But I just really love that Helen remained really likable and really like you rooted for her the whole time, even when she wasn't making like, she had a lot of decisions that she had to make. Holy crap. And um, you, you stuck with her. And how did you create? I think that's something that is so unique. I never, I don't get to read a lot of characters where I'm just like, I love you and I'm fighting for you. Like, how did you really come up with her like that? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, creating a, a likable character, I mean, it, you know, it's not always necessary. There are books that don't have likable protagonists, but I am definitely a writer who likes to have my main character to be, and, I, and it's, it's it may seem a little old-fashioned, but then the book's based in an old-fashioned time. But um, but um, she's the moral center. Um, so yeah, so, yeah. so her decision making um, is of course going to be impacted by her her status as a woman in this society, which although she's very privileged, um, yeah. is still very oh. oppressed. Like, <laughs> <a tongue> girl. <laughs> yeah um so so she's although she's she's got this kind of beautiful world around her her freedoms are very managed um and I think that resonates with all women you know there are certain things that you know that our society is a patriarchal society and although we're seeing such major moves at the moment um there's still a lot of work to do you know um and and so I think that that feeds into it that, that she is um, uh, experiencing what, what obviously wasn't the beginning, but a continuation of that female journey. So she's, you know, she's back in the 1800s, but there we, we can, I can bring that oppression out very boldly because it was bold. I mean, yeah. there was newspaper articles about how women were less intelligent than men and therefore 
you know, blah, 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 blah. There was, you know, and it was, it was just so bold and so obnoxious. Yes. So <laughs> uncle and brother were constantly like, well, you are a woman. You are like, like in the throes of having a fit of emotion more often than not. Like, how can we possibly trust you with this? And I'm like, and Lady Helen stays a lady throughout all of it. She never loses her cool with them. She yeah. like, just like redirects and she's like, well, perhaps think of it this way. Like, and it's just like. That's something that like I was telling Anna, she was like, in a lot of books, you'll see we, there is a very like, it's kind of a trope where like a girl goes from like perfect society. And then when she joins the other society, she completely adopts that society's rules and life. But what's crazy is like, Helen literally ballet dances perfectly between being having to literally dress up like a man and like cut her hair, but then like sit like you know being a almost like an almost duchess. You know what I mean? Like having to like be a lady and like appear and do all of these things perfectly. And I just think yeah. that like Anna's like, when is so she just kind of? And I was like, no, 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 she is Lady Helen throughout. She is Lady. Oh, I was waiting. I was like, when is she gonna throw her first punch at her uncle? When is it coming? And it, but it's like, I didn't, like, it resolved beautifully. I didn't need it to happen, but it just was still. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's um, part of the journey of Helen is to realize that, that part of, she's internalized the oppression, mm-hmm. um, that she actually can't, uh, you know, it's very hard for her to say, well, yes, I can do these things. Um, there's nothing really stopping me apart from society conventions. And we, 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 we have these society conventions internalized so that when we think, you know, can I do this? Oh, and then we, we make it into something else. You know, we think, oh, I, I don't really want to do that. But, you know, it, it's this internalization of what, of what women are capable of. Um, and she has to relearn, um, you know, what she can actually mm-hmm. do and, and step outside the boundaries that she's actually placed on herself through the oppression of society um so that's part of her journey as well that she and so she is very much herself um but and and uh, she's i think she's um she's a very thoughtful character in this you know in in that she thinks things through she is very rational Mm -hmm. um and um and the men around her can't see that so funny they're all just like getting and she's just sitting there like okay um all of you are dumb (laughs) but okay yep i'm a lady okay Um, also like anna you gotta ask you gotta ask that question that you have go oh yeah well even just like going so along with helen like she often has to put herself in situations where she's choosing to look like a bit out of the society's norms for the time period and so like it must have just been fun to come up with these little scenarios where she would have to like like, and so she wouldn't look scandalized doing things, but, like, she would have to meet with Lord Carlston, who is the love interest in this book. But, like, at the same time, she would, like, she would have to do it under, like, the propriety of the time. Like, she yeah. to like a man to hang out with the guy that she was attracted to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> things like, society, like, if she was ever found, like, like literally, like, she would die. Like, oh, well, even just in the very first book, like, the beginning pages, like... She has this miniature of her mother, and Carlson, when you very first meet him, takes it from her. And she's like, oh, I don't think so. And she's like, oh, look, Carlson, like, I would love if you would call upon us tomorrow. And her yeah. aunt's like, why would you do that? But, yeah, like, yeah. she's thinking through. Yeah. She's, like, making these plans. What yeah, you, like, yeah. What scenarios for you? Like, 
We well, love- it, it is about it is about um, a lot of my work as, as the writer was to think a woman in this situation um, wouldn't do this. So how can I get her to do this mm-hmm. um, and keep that agency as a as the protagonist, but within the very strict confines? Um, so she yes, she's absolutely right. She edges slightly out of um, acceptable behaviour. It's not, nothing that will you know, ruin her, but just to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she does say to Lord Carlston, um, you know, I do hope you'll call on us. Um, that was, that was quite, that was very bold. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he can't, because of the, of the pressures on him, he can't actually say no. Um, you know, uh, so to actually have been invited, he can't actually say, well, no, thanks. Yeah, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, she's cornered him. He cornered her. And then she cornered him uh, using the propriety of the day. Um, and, uh, and that, of course, piques his interest because suddenly this young, young woman who, you know, all these, all, you know he's, very, he's very easily taken this thing from her, um, has come back at him um, in, in a very clever way. Mm-hmm. And that's what, throughout the whole three books, I had to go, okay, I want Helen to do this. How can she possibly do this within, within you know, still remaining a lady? Um, and, um, and then, uh, and that was just enormous fun and enormous headaches. Um, oh, you know. oh, you should, you should go further. Okay, after this, um, we're calling it on spoilers. Now we have to like, let, let, let Allison tell us everything. So, about <laughs> spoilers, I have a specific question. Please tell us, like what, what those situations were where you were like, so you broke up i'm so sorry you broke up what was the question um what was it like doing those spoilers like doing those uh your favorite scene where you had to figure out like like a good example of when we went to the body house and she's just as a man and they had to go to the back rooms and the hat like the lady of the house was like well prove it prove that you really <laughs> like that and i like was reading like prove it carlson prove it <laughs> That was so much fun to write. Um, yeah, that's um, that was one of those that was one of those kind of scenes that I had in my mind quite early. Um, okay. But it was also majorly, majorly to to get two characters to to have that moment. Um, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but to have that <laughs> spoiler ban. You cannot. Oh, okay. Okay. Like okay. If, you're, if like if you are not looking for spoilers, you shall not pass. Like go ahead. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, to have a a young woman, unmarried woman, um, kiss a man um, was, it's very hard to manage, uh, really, because they were constantly chaperoned. um, And of course, there were opportunities and that kind of stuff. But Lady Helen was not going to be jumping on top of, uh, well, she does at some point, but, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but, you know, she wasn't actually actively going going for the snog, as we say. Um, and uh, <laughs> but uh, but that was so to get to get that situation. I thought, yeah, that this is where this is where the propriety falls away because it is a place where there is no propriety. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a bawdy house. Um, anything goes. You know, um, and um, you know, and I, if you think about it in terms of of the the emotional impact of the of the book. And that's a very important moment, but then, of course, you know what happens straight after that. Um, oh and God. and so it's a you think of it as a it's a high, and then we go really into a low. 
so that was important as well. Um, so that that kind of um, that kind of shape of, of the way it was done. But you know, I, there's so many scenes I really enjoyed. Oh, you can really enjoyed writing. Really, we can just sit here and you can just tell us what was going through your mind when you were writing something. <laughs> we are just like we are here to just sit and enjoy. Go ahead, <laughs> tell us everything. Oh, some some of the other scenes. Um, I loved the uh, the wedding. Uh, the the um the Derby wedding, uh, oh love writing. So uh, um, yeah, uh, I love that. Um, I loved writing Carlston's descent into madness. Um, well, you know it. It's you know we, um, we're looking at three books here, um, mm -hmm. and that's a uh, three very large books, really. Um, when I when I think about the word count of each book, I'm thinking, my goodness me, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they, they've kind of got a lot of meat to them um yes yeah yeah but the so the the the, third, the second book is where i think a lot of trilogies can have a problem um where it can it can you know it can it can slacken off um it can become a little bit samey um but so i set out to to think well what what do i do in the second book to create high tension and I decided that we had enough of a relationship with Carlston in the first book to actually be quite traumatized by by his yeah me too um by his dis, by his um descent in, into this this um supernatural induced madness yeah. um and um and so you know, it's the development of the Helen and Carlston relationship. She's looking at what could potentially happen to herself, um, yeah. and also we bring in one of my one of my favourite kind of baddies, which is Pike. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, and you know, he's he's such a he's such a worm. Oh. I know. <laughs> like Kurt, straightforward. You like first meet him, and I'm like, this man is so dislikable. Yeah. <laughs> immediately like mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um and yeah I think that his storyline is one of the most it was one of the most interesting to write because of of, of what happens to him yeah. um and I I always think of um because he's the bureau he's the bureaucrat and you know bureaucrats survive mm -hmm. yes so, yeah and nice. and you know it's kind of like you know he's this kind of little this little rodent <laughs> <laughs> that kind of you know you know survives all the blasts going around you know yeah. that kind of stuff and and in the end I think that he he is a he is one of my most interesting um, characters to have written oh, although yeah. I love I mean Helen of course is um my favorite character mm -hmm. um to to have actually written but you know Darby as well I love the sock throwing scene um I loved writing that when they were, when they were first finding out about her powers that was <laughs> That was, that was fun. fun. I could just see that, you know, on, on um, in a film, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that's fun. Um, so yeah, so that that kind of, um, you know, each each book has got its its um its major set pieces. Um, so when you're writing when you're writing fantasy novels, you have these big set piece um, scenes that that have to come along, um, and they can be challenging but fun to write. But it's those more intimate scenes where I think where you, you kind of very delicately 
pulling out the emotional lives of these characters that oh can be uh, just as satisfying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are so incredibly good at that because Helen and Carlson's love for each other feels so forbidden and star-crossed. But then you'd sprinkle in these little moments where he would take her jacket off and they were going to train and his like fingers brushed against the nape of her neck and they like both felt it and they like make eye contact and it's like you can feel the tension so palpably. Like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's quite hard to write. To to actually write sexual tension, which of course we all <laughs> love to to read, um, and not do it in a um, in a well used way, mm -hmm. you know, because you know um, it, it's quite difficult. And again, it comes about what are the rules of the day and how can you transgress them. Mm -hmm. um, but of course. I, I I really enjoyed that moment with the nape of the neck because of course it has another meaning as well, um, and um, that that plays out within that scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know that I was kind of going <laughs> <laughs> as I was writing that. Like giving it, you're like dangling the carrot in front of the readers, like oh here you go. Actually, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Anna and I are both just like, by the way, at the end of this, we like need you to give us like a mini epilogue of like what you imagine. <laughs> I need more. Yeah. I need she more. Finished it and she's like, oh, okay, it's not again. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, you know, we just were like, so what would they be doing right now? Like, you know, would, would they have kids? Like, would they be in like in Russia somewhere? Like, what are <laughs> Like, we eventually we want to like hear it out. Like, I also have a huge question. So at the end of the first book, again, this is spoiler territory, Helen is attacked and Carlson saves her. And it's like a lot more than that, but that's the gist of it. And hmm. her uncle oh, comes in and sees her on top of Carlson after she saved his life. And he's like, you're disgusting. What did you do? But I'm like, did he not see the dead body in the room? Like, well, I mean, I think that... I think that that's, um, you know, the, um, uh, the he, there is um, a lot of history that's only hinted at between. Wow, we'd Helen. love to hear more. Like, I have no idea how you researched so thoroughly, but we'd love to hear that background. This is so fascinating to us. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, the, it's, it's, you know, the, he took her in under under um you know duress really he didn't they mm -hmm. took her and andrew in under duress um and i yeah I, I feel like there's there's at least bullying but more probably possibly you know um um a, a totally unpleasant man mm -hmm. i think um you know and um yeah i'm i'm struggling to answer this because I haven't read the first book for quite a while. <laughs> and, and thinking, there was a reason. Me, I read this book like three or four years ago, and I was like, I love this series. And then, like, she was like, Can you believe it? This person. Like, there was a there was a very good reason, I think, for for him not coming uh, commenting on that. And I and I, it's completely. I'll have to go and re, 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 re have a look at okay. it. And see what I, I figured he was probably just so scandalized by seeing like Helen on top of Carlson that he was like, like, I never wanted you here in the first place. Leave. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, it yeah, it was his chance to get rid of her. But I think there was there's something else as well, and it's kind of playing at the corners of my mind. Uh, but let me get back to you on that. If we do another session about um, craft, we literally we literally reread your entire or we like read the entire scene on our. Podcast. <laughs> I know. No, no. I mean, feel free to like send us a picture or something we will just like fangirl over we'll be like oh my gosh this like literally was a page that she wrote from her brain like will scream <laughs> you know it, it's um it's really i mean it, uh, that uh, the dark days club was published quite a while ago mm-hmm. and it's really it's really it is odd because you know i i experienced writing it obviously um and and um editing it and editing it and and doing all that kind of stuff and then you move on to the next book um and that becomes the focus. And then you move on to the next book and that becomes the focus. Um, so while I, while I was writing the trilogy, I had that entire world in my brain, you know, I mean, I have many notes and I had scene boards and all that kind of stuff, but really that kind of through line was very, very strong in me. And then when it gets published, it's not there anymore. Um, you know, because necessarily you move on to the next yeah. uh, world um and um and so so I, I do apologize I'm I'll have a look and, and uh, search my mind but um yeah it's not quite it's not quite at the tip of my mind at the moment but yeah <laughs> I'll have an answer for you like I'd love to know what books I can stock of yours later like obviously of Eon and Iona yeah um there's love. um singing the dog star blues which is the first book um which is set in the near future about a young woman who is studying time travel um, and she gets partnered with the first alien to study on earth um, who happens to be a it's a pin it's a it's a it's a um it's a paired race so they all they they work in pairs but he has lost his pair so he is mourning the loss of his his Mm. pair his twin um and obviously tries to think make joss his pair which can it's a comedy by the way too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's a funny book um I also have written and this has got massive warnings around it massive warnings around it because it is a very 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 adult noir crime um with a science fiction aspect to it and I'm talking very adult um and uh and when I read back to it, I go really my mum read this um <laughs> you're like lady helen where they're like you like every like hand brush they're like oh my gosh and then you're like adult hey mom don't read this one thing yeah actually it's my mom's favorite book um i don't know <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but yeah it, it's um it's quite a it's when i think of it you know i, I, I don't seem to be uh, selling it very well here but you know <laughs> as a read but it's a very brutal book um so so yeah if you're used to my YA and the the, um, the high manners of Lady Helen and even even in some t- um, regards Eon and Iona, uh, that would be coming quite a shock. And really, it, it's a it's a very 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 adult read. Um, <laughs> um, did you know that there was a short story from Lord Carlston's point of view? I found it cute. Five stars and Goodreads. Very excited. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was literally just about to bring that up because it's called um, like a Lord Carlston story, Lessus Nature, or however you pronounce that. It was a delight. Yep. From his perspective, when he first meets Helen. Yes. Yes. Lucis Nature, yeah. Um, you know, that's, I had a lot of fun writing that as well. It, it, it was, um, 
you know, quite, quite um, freeing to be in his, his brain, uh, his, his kind of point of view as well. Um, and I, I, I think it also fills in a few kind of um, engagement. I mean, when you're reading the, uh, the three books, um, I think the reader has to work, you know, work to a certain degree to actually build this world in their mind. That's how I write is actually, you know, to engage the reader, you are, you are building this mm-hmm. in concert with me as the, as the author. Um, but the, in the Lucis Naturae, um, I kind of did a lot of background for Carlston and, you know, we had a little bit of fun with, with Bo Brummel, who's a real historical character, um, and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was it was enormous fun to write. I love that. Okay, we want to move into our spoiler section where we literally just ask you questions about all the things and you just tell us things. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm on, so I am dying to know how much the queen knew. Cause like, this is something that like you would know but we wouldn't know. Like, yeah. Queen actually know about the Dark Days Club? I mean, I know that you talked about it in the third book a little bit, but like, what if the Queen, like, if you could just give us some insight into the Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I think that the Queen um, is the mistress of not quite knowing everything because she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so she knows enough um, and she is a little bit appalled because actually Queen Charlotte was a very religious woman. Um, so she's slightly appalled by the supernatural element within her, her, her um, country. Um, mm-hmm. But she understands the necessity of the Dark Days Club. So she, she knows about them, but she's not delving too heavily into the day-to-day activities <laughs> of, the, of the world. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where I placed um, Queen Charlotte. Um, in, in that um in that kind of I yeah slightly blinkered but um if I need to I will look directly but oh I'm not liking it um yeah. <laughs> okay so I also have to ask Delia like I more so Delia ends up dying in the third book and I like mourned her I love Delia and then you find out the truth that Delia was a deceiver so how did you come to the conclusion to like from the beginning, make Delia a deceiver. Like how? When did you decide yeah. that she was a deceiver? Like how did you plan that whole thing out? We'd love to just know like the whole arc and how you wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, um, well, Delia is is um, present in the first chapter yeah. um, as a as a scandal, um, and actually that is the point where Delia is killed. Um, so um, she is taken over at that point. Oh my yeah so hers is a very sad story um and so the delia that we we meet is no no um so so yeah so that um (laughs) i mean that's that's i mean that's um for me that when that was happening i was kind of like yeah yeah that that's that's really sad i think that's really sad that you know this um and that she is such a good deceiver. Um, yeah. but, you know, she she gathers this this kind of momentum with her, and then when she does, so she doesn't. So the Delia, the body of Delia, yeah. is left mm-hmm. um, and it goes elsewhere. Should we say? <laughs> um, and um, like that reveal in and of itself, I was like, 
what is happening to all the people around Helen? Like, I'm <laughs> like losing her mind. She's like texting me, like, Celia's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, and it's it is a, uh, it, I, so I missed that. Um, Celine, oh. I think because you have the background noises on, when your voice gets above a certain octave, <laughs> it cuts you off. <laughs> to me like Carlson has a son Helen's married Helen's getting married <laughs> I know I can't believe that she went through with like the wedding she like really married him yeah I've recorded don't worry Allison I recorded all like Anna multiple times would send me like we would FaceTime and she would just like I would just record her reactions I'll send them to you <laughs> reactions were like they were money they were so funny <laughs> well yeah it's um you know, it, it's it's about um, uh, subverting expectations. I mean, I, I when I when I set out, I'm thinking she can't marry, she can't marry him. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, yes, she can. <laughs> <laughs> she must. You know, uh, not only can she must. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I'm not mad about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I was writing the second and third book, um, usually I plot quite tightly for the first book mm -hmm. um and then from that grows organically the the second and the third book but there's always major plot points that have to be met for that whole arc to work um so in between i get to to subvert and to um surprise and to to do reversals and things like that which is just the great fun of, of it um making sure that of course it's a consistent and b makes sense uh, you know um so you know that was one of those. That was one of those decisions where I was going. Um, I'm going to have to pull her out, and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get married. And as I was writing, I was, I'm thinking, yeah, what if, what if it went through, you know? And and of course that that brought out the. I knew where I was going for the ending, um, mm -hmm. and you know, in a sense, I knew that there had to be this big standoff, but I hadn't quite worked out how big and what it was going. And then when as soon as I said, actually, she can, it just went, yeah. That's how. Oh. Yeah. Um, and and I I found that writing that wedding uh, to be, you know, it was it was incredibly um, uh, difficult, um, you know, because I didn't want to <laughs> want to be doing that. <laughs> um, but there, anyway, yeah, and and uh, and also there was this 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 draw to another another side of, of the world and uh, and so yeah so I was yeah it, it was a it was a it was an exciting decision when it came along one um I really love the way that you foiled Darcy and Quinn's wedding with their wedding like mm -hmm. with Duke and Helen's wedding and like the way that you place them both like and they were so close to each other's too you know what I mean mm -hmm. and you just have this like what what she could have and what she what she's forced to have and like the way that you like society's approval versus like you know and I just thought that was such a beautiful like analogy it was so good but I totally went, got you off track when you're talking to like can we really quick I totally interrupted when you're talking about Delia and moving the body so what were you saying I'm so sorry um oh yeah well I was just saying that that you know the um uh, I was that no I'm not too sure um <laughs> sorry I've lost it um <laughs> Well, you're just a really clever person with the Delia thing. We were just sitting there like, oh my. 
because <laughs> her body was still there, but the deceiver in her had moved. Yes. Yeah, else. and that, so that body that had been maintained by that deceiver was shed, mm -hmm. um, and so she'd been dead for quite for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, so in that sense, so that, and then it, it moved. Um, and I, I just think in terms of the wedding um, of Darby and Quinn. Um, it was such a beautiful wedding. I mean, I, I looked at the, the common prayer book um, of that time, it's slightly different. Um, but I, yeah, it was kind of like when Helen is saying, I will, she's actually marrying Carlston at that point. Oh, I know, because it's um, a running theme throughout the rest of the book. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and do you know where I got that from? I mean, this is, yeah, this is such a kind of like, so many influences on you when you're writing. Um, I'm a, I was hugely obsessed as a teenager with West Side Story. Um, oh. And um, and you know at that moment when they they marry in the in the dress shop, yeah, um, it's a, it's a pretend marriage, but it's their real marriage, um, and it's kind of like that whole Romeo and Juliet where you have this this kind of um, what would you call it a a run through marriage, um, but yeah. yeah, so yeah, um, so actually you know that's where I feel like they. <laughs> Like honestly, Allison, thank you. Like, thank you. <laughs> like all of our authors and just be like, so um, explain the symbolism behind this. Like, can you just explain? Like, all that, all that. Yeah, she Anna's so uh, happy. I know, I am. I'm like, I just love this story. And so, okay, what I need to know is that I'm like, <laughs> I love Helen. And Carlson so much, and I'm like, do they? So do they go to Moscow? Are they like, what do they do? Tell us, tell us. <laughs> well, as you know, I, I have left it slightly open. Um, I know, I'm like, yeah, I love, uh, yeah. is more coming. I'm fine with the novella. I will personally buy a hundred copies if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I do like to leave that kind of opening because I mean, you, the, the reader travels with these these characters for three books. And they're, you know, and and a very kind of um, intense ride. So that if if I close it off too much at the end, I think that I mean I I'd like to think that the reader will say, oh I think I think they go to Moscow or you know I think that oh I think that this happens and I you know and and this kind of stuff so that you can create your own um, world after yeah. that. Um, and um, you know it and that's that's great because. I've I'm I've moved off I've moved off there it's now your your world that you're creating in your head um now personally um I was quite because I went to as, as everything kind of feeds into your world I actually went to Russia um to publicize um Lady Helen books and the Eon and Eona books because okay. they bought them and I had a, such a such an interesting time there, and that's what influenced because I knew that at that time in the eighteen twelves, I mean things were happening yeah. within um, within Russia, um, and um, so that's where I, I put them. And you know, I, that's where I think they do go. And but there might have been a little side trip, a little vacay. No, well, not quite a vacay. A kind of a little spy trip, I think, uh, in my head, oh. maybe to um, Paris. <laughs> Oh, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> they kind of went that way, you know, and, and that would have been very, very dangerous because, of course, it was during the yeah. Napoleonic Wars. Um, are they married and, now? I mean, they technically, like you said, they're, they're married in your head, right? Oh, in my head, they are. 
You're just well, I, 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 I'm just wondering whether I'm just wondering whether because uh, Helen would have to have a, a year of mourning. Yeah, she would. Um, uh, so <laughs> she gets to be the merry widow for a year. Um, the widow duchess, might I say, <laughs> like not yes. a bad pile to land on. She's like, whoops, I have a bunch of money now, and also absolutely we win win <laughs> way to write that for her like good work like maybe she could get married and then she'll be loaded this is great <laughs> yeah. yeah or very rich widow <laughs> very rich yeah yeah and with a title you know and uh yeah so yeah she has like a super like hun hunky man just chilling with like, no one's asking her questions she's gonna leave the country no one's gonna be like worried about her propriety so i'm like <laughs> Married now, so I mean, she never made a wedding night with him, but you know, it's still <laughs> married now. Well, I'll, I'll let your imagination go wild there. <laughs> we'll fill in the blanks, we'll know what happened in Paris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You put that starting point in the boarding house there. <laughs> Adult book, we'll just be like, and then Lord Carlson and Lady Helen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That that very adult ex, extra book that's uh, <laughs> following. Yeah, I love that. Okay, go Anna. I don't know if I have any more questions. I like feel so my cup is full. Thank you so much for like coming on and answering all of our questions. One last question I have. One last one. When do you think Carlston first fell in love with Helen? Like when was it for him? When was that moment for him? When he first fell in love. That's a great question. I think that he, I think that when he was in the giving, uh, giving back the, the um, um, miniature, mm. I think that he was still under the impression that he was um, just, just interested in her as, as a, um, a reclaimer. Mm -hmm. um, you can always get back to us if needed. Yeah, I, I think I. Yeah, he's such a slow burn. He's such a he's such a slow burn, and I don't think he's entirely in touch with his emotions the whole time. Um, yeah, because he was fighting against it. You want to think about it, and then you can just send me like a little recorded thing <laughs> on Instagram. I will let you like I can add it in later. Recording of this exact moment. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, look, I think he I think he was ignoring his emotions because he still thought of himself as married. Yeah. And and so I think that the real moment where he allows himself to hope is at the end of book two. Yeah. When he called her what, like amore me or however it's said, I was like was the moment for him when he's like I literally love you like you're the love of my life like that yeah. was and, and then it, it, uh, it, at the end of book two where, where he says this is it and she just she just and she, she actually turns it on its head and says this nothing's changed um and um and that yeah that <laughs> that guts him I think oh Carlson I love that man Stupid boss has been ruining my life forever. Ah. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to France for a little bit, go take care of some crazy chick that just, be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's, oh, yeah. It was, it was so interesting bringing back the, that, um, the specter of his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. 
you know, again, it's about what what stops those two people from getting together. Yeah, um, right. As Helen is ready to walk away from everything, he receives life changing news, and he's like, "I have to go find out if this is real." Like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Like, I I understand. Like, it kills me, but I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could understand it. You, you couldn't stand in the way of that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, thank you so much for coming on. Allison, I literally love you. And you're you're amazing. I'm about to go draw a bunch. I'm going to like go send you some personalized books, books, mail, like book stickers. So <laughs> I love you. You're right. Is that weird? Like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> How many pages that you've written at this point? I'm about to go check out Ian and Eo for just so oh, I yeah. can read more. Thank um, you. We want you to come back on to talk about writing, but we'll probably we'll do that in like a month or two from now. But I just wanted to say it like huge thank you. We are such huge fans mm-hmm. of you and thank for you. giving us like those little nuggets that we just no, thank you. We're gonna hold forever in our heart. And I will have a look at that last bit in the thing and think, what what was I thinking? Um <laughs> What's the through line there? Because I've, I've, I, I do quite, I keep notes and that kind of stuff. So I'll, I'll look that up for you. But um, awesome. yeah, it's, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I, as you know, I would be very pleased to come back and talk all things craft. Um, yes. And, um, you know, it's been great. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Alison. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again later then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.